Well, welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask a handful of questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. I'm your host, Greg Namula, and every week through my work with the American Baptist Churches in Nebraska and my ongoing writing projects, I get to partner with churches and ministry leaders. I'm always amazed at the many and varied ways that God works in our individual communities and when multiple churches come together for mission and ministry. So, that's the purpose of this podcast, to share the many things that God is doing and to meet some of the people participating in God's mission in Nebraska, across the country, and around the world. Uh, Today our guests are Reverend Dr. J.D. Reed and his wife Rhonda. They are International Ministries Global Servants in Cuchabamba and Santa Cruz, Bolivia. They work primarily with the House of Hope. Rhonda is a nurse with multiple medical certifications, and she leads the House of Hope, a ministry that provides a variety of health and development ministries in an urban context. JD trains and equips missionaries, pastors, and leaders in his role as a region consultant for theological education and partners with Palmer Seminary in the United States to provide master's degrees in Latino studies in Spanish and in Portuguese. We've invited JD and Rhonda to the Mission in Five podcast because they're doing some really great work in Bolivia and because they will serve as our special guest to our Say Yes to the Call Region Expo on October 1st and 2nd, 2021 at First Baptist Church in Fremont, Nebraska. Now, sadly, they'll not be able to join us in person, but we will host them on a live Zoom call during the expo. So whether you join us in person or online, you will get to see them and hear why they have said yes to the call. So today we're gonna ask them just the five simple questions from the Mission in Five to introduce them to you in advance of that big event so that you can learn more about who they are and where they see God moving in their community. So let's just jump right in. Who are you guys? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'll start. Um, My name's Rhonda. Um, JD and I both grew up in rural West Virginia and very small communities and met at our state Baptist camp. Uh, We were on staff together when we were in college and, you know, started, started dating. And then I left and did a short term stint with um, mis- recently retired missionary Kim Brown in Thailand okay. and then came back and married a pastor which I swore I would never do and I uh, worked worked for hospice as a nurse for 15 years before we felt called to come to Bolivia so yeah we we actually grew up in rival counties uh, our oh. counties played sports against each other, and uh, but we never had really any contact until we met in college. Um, she was pretty clear on what she was going to do and to be, and, and I, it took me a little while to get there, but uh, uh, we were in ministry in a pastoral setting in three different churches uh, for 15 years, and then we've now been with IM for just over 10. So there you go. And we have we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this year and we have three children a 22 year old daughter 20 year old daughter grace and abby who both got married this past year and a 16 year old son who's in santa cruz with us he's a junior in high school oh very good so did they also meet their spouses at camp one did actually one did, actually yeah. <laughs> Uh, our same youngest, camp. Our youngest is the same camp. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's kind of like 
West Virginia's version of Moses Merrill. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have several couples that I know met at the Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center during senior high camp or or wherever along the way. So that's a fun story. Our, our oldest met her husband. He's he's British. From uh, he was interning with a British missionary couple friend of ours here. So they met here in Bolivia. But she's living in England now. Oh wow, very cool. Well, tell us then, how did you transition from a summer camp in Virginia to being international ministries uh, there in Bolivia? Well, that that is quite the story. Um, so the year that we worked together at camp was uh, her first year, but it was my fourth year. Okay. Uh, I worked all through college and she just worked at the end of, of her time uh, getting her nurse, first nursing degree. And I had felt called to be a pastor uh, at the camp the year before. I feel like, felt like God had let, called me to do vocational ministry. And um, in high school, give or take, she felt a call to do missions. Um, I didn't have that call. Right. <laughs> I, I, and I was not at all interested in exploring uh, that side of God's will for us. <laughs> and so for, um, so she, I asked her to marry me, uh, at the end of that summer that we worked together and she said no, because she was going to Thailand and she needed to figure out if that's what God wanted to do, if God wanted her to come back and to do some really cool work there with Kim Brown and, um, came back and then we got married the next summer and I wouldn't have the conversation. I didn't want to talk about that because you know, I wasn't uh, pastoring in my home church and so that was missionary enough for me. And uh, we were still in West Virginia at that point. And, uh, and so f we went through the process and were pastors for 15 years. But about three years into that time, uh, I, had, I was asked to go on a mission trip uh, to Nagaland, India. Okay. With a group of youth pastors and teenagers from from West Virginia, and to do uh, do a crusade, and coming back from that trip, I said, "Okay, I get it. I understand now." Yeah. Um, what I didn't know was that Rhonda had been praying, asking God to either change her heart, or change my heart, and um, I guess I was the one who who won out on that one. <laughs> but um, and so then that was early. That was three years into. Um, what was 15 years of pastoral ministry. And we just began praying and trying to figure out how we could do that. We applied as in pastoral roles all over the world and none of them materialized. And then finally, uh, around the, the end of the recession, uh, we, uh, again, back to camp, West Virginia had a, a missions camp and some folks from IM came down and we began talking with them at that point. And so, uh, that's kind of the the quick version of how we oh. got to this place now. That's good. Do you have anything to add to that? No. No. Okay. Yeah. My uh, I didn't meet my wife at camp. I met her at college, just like you guys. But uh, she had done a summer um, teaching English as a second language in the Sichuan province of China. And so was teaching English to English teachers, if you will. So it was kind of for a chance for um, people from China to practice their English on English speakers, basically. And she came back all excited about being a missionary. 
And um, that's not happened for us yet. And, and that's not, that's been kind of an interesting thing because when we got together, we thought that that would happen. And that's been the one thing that has not happened yet. I've pastored local churches. Now I'm in region ministry, been on a few short-term things, but not not the long-term mission work that, that you guys are doing together currently. So I think it's kind of an interesting story. You just never know where God's going to take you or where you think you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. Time and space. The whole thing is it's been a progressive thing yeah. for us, you know, and so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting that it's funny for, for us, the, the idea of, of dreaming of going overseas someday has actually become the opposite. We're very focused on local ministry and really focused on ministry in our neighborhood. So we've gone from visions of foreign uh, um, dwelling to now just really capitalizing on where we are presently, which I don't think is all that different from being a foreign missionary. You just happen to live somewhere else. Yeah, it's um, really similar. It's very similar. So what's going on? Tell us what's happening in your ministry. Tell us what's happening in House of Hope and all the various uh, trainings that uh, you guys lead. Well, I'll start. Um, okay. Uh, we just we've been back in Bolivia for three weeks today. Oh wow! Welcome uh, home. <laughs> it is absolutely. It's been a, it's been very crazy, um, but. We're still trying to figure out ministry now. Um, still, COVID is still very real here. Right. It's still real in the U.S. Uh, but House of Hope a year and a half ago compared to House of Hope now is there's not even a comparison. Mm. It's a completely different ministry. Okay. Um, so right now, where we did uh, community ministry, tutoring centers, feeding centers mobile medical, mobile dental clinics, all that is stopped. So the focus has been for months now. We're in between waves, um, getting ready for the next one. So stockpiling medicine and oxygen tanks and false oxes and food again. But the, the whole ministry right now is supplying food and medicine to our community leaders, the communities okay. we work with, our ministry leaders, and organizing for the next wave. That's the whole focus of House of Hope right now. Mm -hmm. We haven't had, te had teams in almost two years because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Probably won't have teams right. for a long time. The, At least another year. The health structure here just can't, mm -hmm. infrastructure just can't handle it. Yeah. So that's, that's House of Hope right now, is mm -hmm. just supporting supporting our communities and, and our leaders and their families because they've all lost family. Sure. Every single mm. every single ministry leader we have has lost at least one family member in the last four waves, um, some multiple. Uh, we almost lost our directors in the last wave. They oh were gosh. very sick. Yeah. So that that's the focus right now is COVID. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. all-encompassing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also, I help out with that too. I work, um, uh, but it, she runs it and I kind of do administrative stuff. Um, but my primary uh, role is as a regional consultant for theological education. And that plays itself out at, in Palmer is part, Palmer Seminary in Philadelphia partners with IM and ABHMS to put on uh, it's called a, the official title is the Masters of Theological Studies in Latino Latina Ministries. 
Um, so it's, it is basically geared toward um, Spanish-speaking and Portuguese-speaking folks from Brazil who, and, and in the U.S. as well, who are doing ministry in the Latin American community in their local communities uh, because most of them haven't had the kind of training that you would expect from a pastor in the U.S. And so um, it's actually interesting because the, the church in what's called the Global South, which is you know Latin America, Africa, Southeast Asia, is actually growing pretty rapidly to the point that there's not enough leaders and pastors to keep up with it. Hmm. And so that's kind of where this came from almost six years ago is uh, the need to train people, get them a, a master's degree so that they then can train more people in their local communities and seminaries. And so uh, the program is five and a half, almost six years old. Um, and we we're, we basically are one third of the student body of Palmer Seminary now. Wow. Um, we, we've, uh, in December, we will have had 120 graduates, uh, about 94% of the people who start graduate. That's great. And so it's, it's a really, really neat program. And, and it takes a lot of people to do that. I'm just the person for IM that gets to be the liaison between, but there's six or seven different global servants and regional consultants who, who teach or help in administration. And so I am is a, is a real important player in, in that program. And, and so that's kind of what I do. I get to go help start these cohorts in various countries and, and then also teach uh, hermeneutics and, and, uh, and academic writing. So, so just for, for the sake of our audience here, then you have a school in the United States. It's an American Baptist seminary that is providing theological education to pastors around the world through an online platform. Mm -hmm. And so that they can be equipped in the United States and in their home countries uh, in the global South. Right. Is, is, is that basically how the program works? Right. Um, yeah. And the, but the whole point is um, that it's not, it's not European Americans bringing education to Latin America. Uh, Latin America is a region that is uniquely uh, sensitive to any time where you would try to tell them how to do anything sure. because of the history with colonialism. And so for us, um, we really work hard to make sure that we use Latin American authors, that we use professors that either were born and live in Latin America or uh, have worked for a significant amount of time in a Latin American culture like living in the country. Uh, so it's, it's definitely by Latin Americans for Latin Americans. And that's so great. it's tailored to people and the ministry that they have here contextually. Yeah, that's a big word, specifically very contextual type of, of ministry, which I think is super significant um, to, to be able to do that. Um, are there any other ministries you're connected with you'd like to talk about or, or let us know about? Those are really the two big things that, I mean, that we focus on. I mean, we have, you know, a local church that we go to, but, you know, those kind of things. But most basically, that's that's the ministry that we do. Through the years, we've, in different, in different areas, have done a lot of work, volunteer work, director work, teaching at our kids' um, school. It's a mission school, so there's never enough help. Right. Um, just so our kids 
would have, you know, teachers. There are times where we have taught classes that, you know, as a missionary, you do things you never thought you would do. Well, that's right. one of them. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's been in the past. Um, not, we're not teaching there this yeah. year, but yeah, that's, that's something we've done quite a few times, actually. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what's next for you guys. Do you have any plans, upcoming things, things connected with your ministries? I mean, I know you've only been back for a few weeks, but as you're thinking about what's next for you guys, what's, what does that look like for you? Um, well, three days after we got here, JD left for El Salvador to start another group. <laughs> so he, he's been back, like back, back for a week. Um, okay. uh, it, we're still transitioning, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, there's people at the house now working like it, there's just, there's a lot that has to be done. And, sure. um, actually one of the, one of the people we work with in coach, um, architect and engineer that helps with our building projects. They're getting married this weekend. JD's doing oh, that wedding. Um, but at really, uh, just take it a day at a time right. because of COVID. It's mm -hmm. it's just kind of right. like survival mode. Right. Um, you do what you can on that day with what you have. Yeah. Uh, we plan. We're big planners. Um, sure. If you do Enneagram, I'm a six, so I'm a super planner. And that has just not been possible the last yeah. year and a half. So yeah. we, I, I don't know what God has for this next, you know, we're just starting our next term. This is our third term with I am. Okay. And who knows what the next um, mm -hmm. five years will hold. We mm -hmm. don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the MTS, one thing that's coming up, um, is in October, uh, it looks like this, I think it's the second Wednesday evening of October, we're going to do a virtual uh, fundraiser um, oh, okay. to because IM provides uh, significant scholarships for the students who attend the MTS program because without them, they couldn't, they couldn't participate at all. Palmer provides a large scholarship and then we provide a significant scholarship as well. Um, but that takes sponsors and that takes churches who are willing to sponsor a student. And so we're asking, uh, we ask students to adopt a student for two years. And, and so we're going to have like what would, what we originally were going to do was a fundraising dinner, like an actual sit down dinner, and, you know, like you would do for like a crisis pregnancy center or something in your local community. You can't do that. So uh, we're going to do that kind of virtually. Um, and it's going to be, I think it's the 13th of October is the second Wednesday of October. And uh, I'll, I'll send all that info to you guys Very good. and you can pass it on. And we'd love to have some Nebraska yeah. churches sponsor some students. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. Life America. Yeah. And if you have any links, we'll put them in the show notes of the podcast as well. So people can click yeah, that we'll, information. I'll send you some, some, some links specifically for the pages to let them know more about the, the program. Uh, I'm going to throw you guys a complete curveball, something we did not discuss prior to this, but um, you did mention that the reason you need to do what you're doing is because the church is growing so much in the global South. Um, in a time of COVID in North America, where churches are on the decline and don't seem to be rebounding well, um, what's some hope 
some examples, some encouraging word that you can maybe give us about that God is in fact on the move, or how can we learn from the global South so that we can also get on mission with what God's doing here in North America? I think one of the things that specifically Latin American churches, now we, we say this when we were back home uh, doing our deputation, we say, you know, um, home back in the U.S., that um, where churches in the U.S. have been declining for a while, um, at least feeling like they are, um, churches immigrant churches in the US uh, or or what you would what you would say is ethnic churches something that's not a European American church yeah generally are on the rise okay. uh, in the US and and they're kind of following the same trend as you see in the global south and partly that's because people are bringing their faith with them when they immigrate to the to the states right um, but the thing that and the part of the and that ties into the point is part of the reason that churches are growing is community is a huge part of everything that they do. Um, it's typical of warm culture climates that you know they do. They don't do time things well. You know, they, you know, if you're going to something at eight, it's in the hour of eight sometimes. But the reason for that is because they value much more relationships and community over time. Yeah. And 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 what I have found uh, in the travels that I've done around Latin America is is that part of the reason these churches are growing well is because their community takes very good care of itself and and it's a very generally a very healthy community that seems to uh, lend itself to to growth and to encouragement and and it's very unlikely for people who are a part of a church to leave it and so they really do community very very well in latin american churches in ministries mm -hmm. um I, something we have encouraged with all of our leaders, we haven't done leadership training obviously since COVID hit because you can't get together, but um, we really encourage the different ministry leaders to serve in other ministries um, so that they see what else, what's going on in other communities and then develop relationships. Um, but something we've noticed during COVID uh, you know, it's because everybody's lost somebody, is how much the leadership of the House of Hope has rallied around each other. Mm. Um, so when when a call goes out on WhatsApp, like a message, this person has COVID, this person has died, this person's in the hospital, um, they get medicine, they stand in lines for each other, they stand in lines at the bank to get money out, they... I mean, it's been it's been unbelievable. Um, mm -hmm. Last July, when our when our directors almost died, the, everybody in the ministry, what even going out when they weren't supposed to during lockdown, yeah. uh, standing in line just trying to get medicine for them so that they mm -hmm. would because we couldn't get them into an ICU. Yeah. All the hospitals were had collapsed again, and just the the. The community that is in Latin America and in that culture, and when you, like Carmen and Richard, our directors, they have loved and served all these communities for so many years that they're kind of like a mom and dad to all these people. 
but they have transformed so many lives from people watching Jesus through them. Yeah. That there is a care and a love that you just can't you just can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. And that's a lot of what Paul's letters in the New Testament are about, that yeah, unity, absolutely. that coming together as a community, acknowledging the boundaries that need to come down and, and the things that we struggle with, but the goal is unity. So it's beautiful to see you tell stories about how that unity plays itself out in the local church. Um, okay, so let's do our final question there. We got a bonus question in. Thank you for answering that. Um, how can we as American Baptists in Nebraska partner with you? Well, I'll just start with the MTS program. Um, We currently have 91 students that we provide scholarships for. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that basically breaks down to is we need churches or Sunday school groups or individuals who would be willing to sponsor a student. Um, Very similar to the whole thing Compassion does for sponsoring a child. Um, uh, in that sponsor a student and pray for that student and help to provide the scholarship that we provide them so that they can can go to school. Um, The reason we have so many students is because IM provides the scholarship. Um, The reality of Latin America is it's the most urbanized area in the world but it's also the poorest area in the world and so they generally a pastor will make 250 maybe 300 dollars a month and this is a master's program in the united states and so even with the scholarship that palmer gives them uh that not not a single student could afford it without the other scholarship that we provide and so if a church would be willing to sponsor a student who would then be able to train pastors in their local community for years to come after they graduate, that would be a huge help to uh, the church uh, in and around Latin America. And we have students from as far north as Montreal, Canada, a Haitian student who is is working with immigrants in Canada, as far south as Concepcion, Chile, which is actually closer to Antarctica than it is to the equator. And from Los Angeles in the West all the way to a missionary pastor from Brazil and Senegal in Africa. And so we're on three continents now. Uh, And so um, sponsoring one of those students can help train pastors in that community for generations. Yeah. And for our Nebraska listeners, uh, we have two students from the state of Nebraska enrolled in this program. So uh, definitely get in touch with the region and we'll put you in touch with uh, JD and uh, see if we can't get them sponsored. Yeah. And how about you, Rhonda? Like I said earlier, normal House of Hope ministries are not happening, but we still have, you know, we still have rent and we still have to pay our directors and we still have to pay utilities and, uh, you know, pay the the lawyer to keep up all the pay. We are a nonprofit foundation under the government of Bolivia. And so there's all that legal paperwork that we have to pay an accountant, a lawyer for every month to keep, you know, legal. Um, And COVID relief has been astronomically expensive um, here. And so in the middle of the waves, just to give you an example, um, when our directors were sick, 
one dose of remdesivir was $600. And when you make $200 a month, that's not, mm. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, five days to stand in line for an oxygen tank. So on, on the, you know, buying these just basic things they need, pulse oxygen, oxygen, medicine has been, it's cost the ministry thousands. So we do have a, a COVID emergency relief, Bolivia House of Hope uh, line item at IM that if somebody feels led to give to that, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's a, it'll be a constant need because COVID's not going away. Yeah. Is there a way to give directly to that through either your IM page or through a different website? The, the IM page, uh, you, can, you can give to it through the page. The easiest way to do it is to, to call them by phone. Okay. Uh, or to, you can actually give it through your monthly giving that you would give. That's the workers upstairs. Yeah. They're dropping the screwdriver, I think. Um, <laughs> you, could, you could give it through a, whatever manner you normally do that in Nebraska to give to missions and yeah. to support missionaries. Okay. Uh, all you would need to do is write in the remittance form, COVID Relief Bolivia, yep. and it will get where it needs to go. Emergency COVID Relief. It's, yeah. it's actually a branch of one great hour of sharing. Okay. Yeah, very good. So church treasurers, fill out those forms, put in there COVID Relief for uh, Bolivia. And we'll make sure that money gets where it needs to be here at the office. Um, well, is there anything else you guys would like to share? Is there a way that people could maybe get a hold of you? We've talked about your International Ministries page. There's some contact information there, but does House of Hope have a unique website or any of the, uh, the Palmer website, anything like that? Do not go to the House of Hope website at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can go, but it needs we, updated. We actually have um, Sarah Nash, who works with us here. Right. Um, is her and her new husband uh, yeah. she's bringing him to visit finally with covid this weekend yeah. for two months and he's going to be working on the website okay while he's here. praise jesus but you could go there it's just old information and okay. that's hohbolivia.org okay is, is the house of hope website uh for bolivia um another way you could get a hold of us it's either rhonda.read or jd.read at internationalministries.org. Um, would be the easiest would way. be the easiest way by email. You can also go to the IM webpage, and uh, we have we have a, a journal page there, like every missionary, and and you can actually click a button there to send us a note, and it'll come to both of us. Very good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on Mission in Five. Well, thank you for downloading and streaming the latest episode of Mission in Five. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the ministry practitioners engaging in God's mission through the local church in Nebraska and around our larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information and links to our various guests. Subscribe to the podcast in whatever platform you like, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, we're in all the platforms. Whichever one you use, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And feel free to support us through our abcnebraska.com PayPal link. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.